yeah, nowadays, honestly, you know, moving moving forward in and into the AC, um, even if you are architect, engineer, whatever you you're going to become or, or you're studying for, is coding. Coding skills, my friends, you know, that's 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 what you need to focus. You know, uh, coding language is is going to become the second language. It's not normal, probably English or other languages. Coding, you know, coding is the future. Hey guys, this is Manish here and welcome back to yet another episode of the Ark Gyan podcast. Today we have with us Jose Oliveira, who is the founder of DRoots. And DRoots is a BIM digital consultancy firm based in the UK, where they develop and specialize in the development of custom Autodesk, Brixis, Bentley, add-ins, plugins, web-based applications, and a whole lot more. So they essentially create automation tools to help make your work easy and also focus more on the BIM side of the project. Some of their top products which they've created and which is also free is Sheetlink, which is a plugin for Revit that essentially helps in the import-export of Revit data. Family Revisor, which helps in the management of Revit families. DRoot's Dynamo package, which contains useful tools to automate monotonous tasks in Revit. And they also have a very cool course on Dynamo, which is free and which is on YouTube. I will be putting up all the links and more in the description for this video and also in the podcast show notes. And coming to Jose, he is a graduate from the University of Salford, where he completed his MSc in BIM and Integrated Design. He has more than 10 plus years of continuous experience in the AC industry and manufacturing. He is also known for his creative, unconventional ideas and being a futurist in our industry. So he's going to be sharing his entire journey in this episode, how he founded DRoots, what they do as a company, their process, how they come up with solutions, dealing with clients, providing custom solutions to various companies around the world, his take on the BIM space and where it's headed and a whole lot more. So I hope you like this episode. Please do leave us a like and also subscribe if you like our podcast channel. There's a whole lot more of episodes, content related to architecture, engineering and construction coming up. So please do stay tuned. Thanks for listening and let's jump straight to the episode. Also, before we head to the episode, you're going to see a change of my outfit, my hairstyle and everything because this episode is actually recorded about two, three weeks back and I only got time now to record the intro. So that's a small update on that. Now let's jump straight to the episode. All right, Jose, let's kick things off. Uh, you know, you've uh, been part of BIM for, I guess, more than a decade now. and uh, But you actually have a background in physics. So give us a story about, you know, yourself and how you got into the BIM space. Well, 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 uh, you want to start for the hardest way. In the hard way, let's say that, let's say that way. Um, what I meant is, is the, you know, my, uh, my background, my beginning of journey is, is a bit uh, unusual. And even recently, in our third anniversary, I um, I told something that I haven't told before, or at least a few people know knew 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 that. But uh, yeah, I had a dream at that time. I went to apply physics, but my in my mind, I, you know, my dream was to become a financial trader. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you see, it's nothing related to, to where we are right now. Uh, okay, all right, uh, and yeah, and that was the and even one of the things that I reveal or announce, you know, during the third anniversary is the reason I came to UK was, you know, to look for my, you know, uh, financial financial dream, which, right. by the way, it did happen. But, uh, uh, you know, I caught I was caught in the in a big wave, uh, which yeah. we call the credit crunch. And then, you know, I have to restart. Yeah, but that was my kind of my begin. So, you know, in fact, I have nothing, you know, I have no background in the industry. I learned a lot uh, in the last uh, decade, over a decade. Yes, uh, but um, yeah, that is a very unusual <laughs> starting. I will say, not not the only one. I have I have come across a few people which they also start in in financial markets, and somehow they end up moving into the AEC. I'm not the only one, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And now I guess it's going to get even more easier because of online education. I'm sure like a lot of people can get into BIM space uh, very easily, even if they're from different backgrounds, right? Uh, I don't think it's easy to okay. get into the AC industry at all. 
there's a lot of like in, in any industry there's a lot of technical uh, expertise yeah. which she takes time to to understand and develop and even when i start uh, uh, my journey uh, in the industry as a revit mp you know modeler coordinator and um, I have to learn a lot, Manisha, I have to learn a lot. And it wasn't definitely an easy journey, especially because I was working MEP coordination side, which yeah, was yeah. a bit more complex uh, when we were looking to architectural structural fields. You know, there's a lot more to, to take in consideration. There's a lot more work as well. Uh, so uh, it's more time consuming than I think uh, other, other, other disciplines. Other, other, other fields in the industry, but yeah, it was, yeah, that's, yeah, I think you have to, to understand, try to understand to, to become, you know, a professional in, in this field, I think, it's not just about, you know, online training, because as an example, if you look into how do you understand, you know, MEP coordination, there's no online training, yeah, I'm aware, for MEP coordination, so it's about, you know, everyday learning, <laughs> making mistakes, and understanding the mistakes to avoid them anyway, so. And you come a long way and you've seen the transition of a, the AEC industry also in the past decade, right? Like we were mostly uh, modeling away for th the whole night, I'm sure like in the first few years and now it's slowly turning to creating scripts, creating automations. So, um, you know, uh, give us a brief about uh, your skill set journey as well. I'm sure you started modeling a lot in the start of your career and then you transitioned uh, to take up various roles in various companies. And now you started a company called uh, D-Roots, so, uh, which creates this, it's a cool, very awesome, cool plugin, which creates uh, automations for Revit. And uh, it comes as a package for Dynamo, I guess. So give us a background about D-Roots and you know, your journey in the skill sets uh, side of things. Uh, that's a, that's the big question. I have to tell you. you know, you're asking to a lot of things in the same point. Yeah. Uh, in in regarding to to my uh, to my journey, um, yeah, as you know, I I have I found this opportunity and uh, I have joined. And since then, you know, definitely when I joined, you know, the industry, I was a Revit MEP coordinator. So my main task was coordinating, you know, the design consultant drawings and uh, prepare these for construction for installation. So that's what I was, you know, doing. And yeah, initially was focused on modeling, mainly uh, mm -hmm. my task. Of course, things evolve uh, I, from Mill Technology, which was my first company in the industry and the one that opened the opportunity to work here. I, I did work with, uh, uh, you know, PVU companies in the industry and mainly uh, also in regarding to Revit MEP, because I was probably one lucky one. I started with the first version of Revit MEP. You know, a long time ago was Revit 2008, Revit MEP 2008. Um, and uh, that gave me, of course, uh, generate uh, new opportunities. Uh, because of that time, I was one of the few which had a really okay. <laughs> some experience and understanding you had the OG about the tool. You the OG No, no, not OG, but, you know, there, there was definitely a, a demand because, you know, when I, when I start my journey, one of the observations I can tell you, and is uh, everyone was criticizing Revit. They didn't, no one liked it, and uh, right. because the two, they were more used to to CAD or AutoCAD drawings, you know, and uh, the style looks different, you see. So there was a lot of criticism. I remember that, and even stupid comments. I can say in some drawings, you just do it in CAD and doing Revit, something like that, doing AutoCAD. Yeah, but that was my journey and uh, at the beginning begins. So, and then of course, like I said, yeah, I, I become quite good in Revit MEP mm -hmm. at that time. And uh, because that's the only thing I used to do. Mm -hmm. I don't have AutoCAD experience, which is another surprise for many, many people. Okay. I don't work with AutoCAD. Of course, I know a few things about AutoCAD, but not a lot. I tell you, I can't draw really <laughs> in AutoCAD. I never tried, I never, I never wanted to learn. And, um, but that's my journey anyway. So I always refused to learn. But also, uh, you know, at some point I remember a long time ago that uh, when I was, you know, um, I had like three years experience in Revit, but without a card, it was very, very hard to find a job. And I was in need to find a job because my company, my that first company, it was collapsing at that time. Right, right. And I felt that and I have to look and it was very, very hard, but I had really found someone that was looking just for my Revit MEP skills. And it was fantastic. So I move on. And since then it was quite easy the journey when I say, you know, a lot of opportunities came up, you know, I, um, I, I help a lot of people. I train a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I develop a lot of stuff in, in Revit MEP. Mm -hmm. 
And then at some point as well, when I, the, the 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 journey for the you know for example for the computational design, he mm -hmm. started more or less when I joined WSP. Um, mm -hmm. I, I became very very curious uh, in, in regarding to what we can do with, with these dynamos and grasshoppers and other tools, yes. and. Um, that's, but I didn't have that time to become, you know, more practical because I was the UK beam director for WSP. Wow. And, uh, but I, yeah, but I learned Dynamo was one of the first to learn Dynamo. But in fact, I, I don't consider myself a, 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 an expert. You know, we okay. have good training as well. Um, but what we're doing now, we're more focused in, in, in the Revit API part, mm -hmm. connecting, you know, to C Sharp and uh, do nice. other type of automation. As you know, the, we got the DRUTS plugins. So we, I'm not the, the, you know, we do try to move, but definitely is not the things we personally like to do mm -hmm. uh, uh, for several reasons as well. Uh, it's not the best tool, in my opinion. It's good for, you know, for uh, uh, some purpose, but not for all. And at the end, what even we are, to, as a business, we are noticing is a lot of people are coming to us with their bad, uh, best Dynamo scripts and they say, we need to convert these to a, a Revit, uh, you know, C-sharp code uh, you know mm. we're having a lot of problems to maintain and you know updates and there's a lot of work so uh, the way forward uh, looks to me that is going to be different anyway but tandem of course is a, is a begin of um, you know for you know visual programming which is also good and help people to understand the power of of automation yeah is excellent but i think in the future we are moving into a different direction even i believe as well Visual programming it will evolve a lot in the next few years, mm -hmm. and it will become easier and more accessible as well to users. Because sometimes working with visual programming tools is still not easy, and we see a lot yeah. of people coming to us struggling. And that's why you know I think you know our Dynamo course is very successful because we we try to explain the logic and of, free, uh, right? of Dynamo. Yeah, it's free. Everything we yeah, do yeah. is free. <laughs> or not everything we do, because oh, yeah. we do a lot of we do a lot of custom solutions, you know, for, for the industry, and we work with uh, with private clients or clients that they want to create their own tools and uh, taking advantage of automation mm -hmm. or even efficiency, because it's not just about automation; it's about efficiency, and mm -hmm. you know, getting results, you know, more efficiently. So um, yeah, that's what you know, kind of automation can bring bring to bring to us. So uh, I'm just trying to figure out. I didn't went through all my. <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but that 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 was my journey anyway. A little bit from you know modeling to, to now computational design, and now in even into more heavy heavy coding. So I will say. Right. So I'm sure, like, uh, so I'm doing a master's program where they talk. Um, it teaches about you know agile methodology, having an agile approach. Um, so. Uh, have you guys implemented an agile approach in bringing solutions? Because I'm sure it's, uh, unless you don't uh, have a proper uh, structured company to uh, create plugins or create scripts, it's going to be all over the place, right? So give us a brief about the process in DRoots to uh, create a plugin, to create a software, uh, either custom-based or even general in, in general. Uh, regarding regarding to to the process we have, it, it depends, you know, on the is it our tools or cost or a client tool. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, for our tools, we as you know, we have eight plugins. We are definitely trying to merge everything into one plugin, mm -hmm. but that is something we're looking forward to do next year. And um, the approach we do, we we looking to develop tools normally, but uh, they can cover uh, the basic needs of any Revit user. So we're not just looking to develop, you know, mm -hmm. uh, tools for structures of architectures of INEP. We're looking for all. So that's that's the key, uh, uh, one of the key points for us. You know, when we're evaluating a new tool that we are creating or improvements, we are creating the existing tools, which. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you notice, we are always doing these kind of improvements all the time. Um, so that's what we look, we look for tools. At the moment, we came across to a point that there is not much more, you know, we can, I think, do in terms of the new tools. They are one or two fields which we could explore and we are exploring like the automation of annotation. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe our dream is a bit too, too big and uh, Due to Revit limitations, it's almost impossible to make the tool what we see it or we we dream it uh, uh, feasible. Uh, so there are some huge limitations in part of Revit API to do this kind of automation, and it's, sometimes it's very hard as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People don't understand 
when we do a tool for custom, some a custom specific custom is sometimes simple because they have their own style, they have templates, they, mm-hmm. they follow certain rules, if they follow, because not everyone follows rules. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what happens is when we come into the, uh, the our plugins is, is, is open to anyone. So they become sometimes a bit more challenging because you have to understand, you know, different situations or even have to forecast different uh, scenarios, which we need to, to use the tool. But that is more or less the kind of process. I'm not going to explain the, all the steps, of course, but yeah. uh, we, we evaluate definitely need for everyone. We want to create tools for everyone, not just for uh, uh, specific people or specific disciplines. For specific disciplines, what we have, we have our custom you know, uh, development, which we can help people. And we, of course, we, we're looking to develop these kind of private tools, you know, or custom tools for these, for these people. All right. Uh, you know, for the benefit of our listeners, they're a bit confused about uh, like having Revit plugins. What is the point of having plugins? Uh, it's just drawings. We'll have to create drawings and generate them out. So could you give us an example of a particular tool that you guys have created, which has helped uh, probably a lot of people and uh, what exactly that tool is all about? So it gives us no. uh, an idea of what DRoots actually yeah. does. We got eight tools, as I said, you know, for Revit uh, at this stage. And um, the most popular at the moment we have uh, is definitely ProSheets. Uh, uh, ProSheets is is um, is a tool that which is, helps users to create drawings. And everyone in Revit creates drawings. It's an extremely useful tool um, because it comes to a basic need of any Revit user. Yeah. So uh, on that tool, the, what people like in this tool is the fact that we, they can export, you know, or generate uh, new PDFs, DWGs, DGNs, or other file formats in one go. Nice. So instead of repeating, you know, exporting, and, and more than that, what I do love in that tool, which seems sometimes is not very known, I have to admit. And we are in fact, you know, trying to uh, create, we are going to make a, a, a profound, you know, upgrade on the UI user interface to help the user experience as well. Uh, we, mm-hmm. uh, But what the people can do as well on this tool is create a custom, you know, a custom building number. So whenever they are exporting, they can tell I want with this revision, with this date or whatever, they can create some custom fields to yes. add in the in the drawing in a drawing number or even like me you know i never like to have this big drawing number yeah. that we use for example in the uk following the you know the standards yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah i use normally a small my project browser in revit but the parameters are all in the revit you know in the revit so i can extract yes. and that you know process allows users to, to do that so it's quite simple and it's very very time efficient so is it, and that's why probably is the number one, is our number one tool in terms of downloads because people yeah, really love it. It saves a lot of time. Plus downloads, right? No, we are very close to 100, I have to tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. uh, we are very close to 100. I think maybe in, in two or three weeks, we'll be a hundred thousand. Wow, awesome. All right. Well, um, indeed, Manish, for our industry, this is a huge number. And... Yeah. Uh, you know, and in taking consideration that we only relaunched our first tool two and a half years ago, more or less, uh, it is a, a big achievement. And um, yeah, and some people will understand these numbers. And uh, there's, you know, 100,000 is nothing. You know, we got uh, apps, you know, with a million or over. But yeah, we are AC, we are just Revit anyway, focus, but it's working. See, it is, it is, it's an excellent number. It's an outstanding, I have to tell you. And um, you guys, uh, whoever's listening to this, you guys need to follow USA on LinkedIn because each and every post is very interesting. The recent post which he did was scan to BIM, uh, where you can automate uh, point cloud to having, I guess now you guys have only walls and uh, floors. I'm not really sure, but they have, they're going to build the entire system where you just point cloud, scan a place and the BIM model is ready to go. So give us, uh, you know, a brief about that uh, Awesome plugin. I'm, I'm glad you touched on that on that question, and uh, I was not expecting. So, so everyone knows as well. You know what happens as well regarding that project. We have in fact uh, put that project on hold. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I haven't really mentioned anything uh, so far, uh, and we have put that project on hold. Uh, and the reason are, are, are well, the reasons are very very simple. You know, I think we are very very close to get that. We definitely have the potential to get that in the less, much less time than many people have been trying for now. Uh, we were close, 
but we we come into a point now, Manish, where they, you know we was you were using deep learning, and it was becoming very costly for us, mm -hmm. and um, we didn't have the uh, you know the financial in fact support uh, to carry on this journey, and mm -hmm. uh, I had we have you know four people full time in this project you know uh, until recently, until we we stopped. So it was very hard for us to to maintain this. We tried to find some some kind of uh, support you know, from the community and definitely there was a lot of people interest, but we didn't, you know, more than this interest, they, there was no action. So unfortunately it's a, it's a project we stopped and uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, sad or whatsoever. It's just, you know, it's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you know, in, in when you are investing in technology and you have to learn sometimes to stop and uh, I learned my lesson or in this case, our lesson was to stop, even not just because of the cost, like I said, we also have another another ideas, and at that time, you know, we also we also felt to make this commercial license, it will take us around a year. Uh, mm -hmm. We have another year to go, and uh, more than that, uh, I was a bit afraid, and I have, I have to tell you that that at the end, these two, it could become an expensive tool, and um, and it is against our kind of vision we have. You know, we are here to get free tools or affordable tools. You know, and that one I, I couldn't see as an affordable tool, which honestly is one of the basic rules we have here. If you do something, you know, for example, it's free, we're going to create also commercial uh, tools, which we're going to distribute and sell, uh, not the ones we have now. And let's make that very, very clear. Mm -hmm. I made a few already announcements on that uh, because right. there was a lot of questions. But, uh, but now, yeah, but we have to stop and the, you know, it was part of the journey, but like I said, it's just, uh, just not about stopping. We learn a lot on this project. Amazing, amazing experience. We have, we have a strong team more than that. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they ready now and working in a second, you know, new project, which we haven't announced yet. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're going to get something affordable <laughs> and also at the same time, a very useful tool. <laughs> but unfortunately, anyway, I have no good news about <laughs> the point, the, the automation for point clouds. Yeah, that's the journey. And um, yeah, there was a lack of support, which, you know, we didn't ask for any directly money, but uh, at the end, we needed, you know, some, some support and we didn't get it. So yeah, hopefully after the podcast, probably you'll get some investors to invest in it I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well believe me i'm not we're not looking for investors and one of the things we're very very proud of manish and uh, is we don't have investors you know with us and we don't want investors in fact anyway we're not looking for investors let's say that mm. let's, let's rephrase a little bit you know we we are happy for the journey we we are taking and uh, with without having these kind of financial investors with us because when you bring on you open a door to an investor, you know, it comes with a much more challenge. Yeah. And knowing a few companies that took that path, I uh, they not some of them are struggling now. Because mm -hmm. remember, the investor comes with a purpose to make money. And mm -hmm. we hear also, of course, to have, we have to make money, we have to pay salaries. We have mm -hmm. we have a team of 16 right now, and we have to pay, you know, a uh, salary, you know, not uh, you know, you have to pay a uh, salary, sorry, not salaries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, but more than that, is just we like our journey. We we like to become, you know, uh, uh, we are independent, and we we don't have to follow the money, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, trend or the money need. So, uh, yeah, let's say that's right. We're happy the way we are, <laughs> without pressure from you know investors or capitalists. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're happy creating awesome solutions for the AC industry. So that's uh, that's more satisfying in itself, right? So. I guess uh, money comes later. Yeah, yeah. you know, we, like I said, the money needed, but anyway, at these days, we we just don't want any investors. We don't need the investors. Yeah. We don't feel that need, and we can grow with the support of the community and uh, and what we we can do as well. We, we develop. So, all right. Uh, what's your take on uh, you know Autodesk monopoly in the industry? Uh, uh, there's been a lot of uh, articles written about Autodesk uh, being a monopoly and. Uh, a uh, lot of the, I guess the 15 architects wrote an open letter to Autodesk and there was a problem. So um, are you planning to, uh, you know, provide solutions even for other tools and uh, maybe even for open BIM? So because now everything is going to be interoperable and uh, open. So uh, are you going to be providing solutions for two uh, softwares like Archicad or is it only going to be focused more only for Revit? 
not, not, not only Autodesk, we work. In fact, we, we are partners from Autodesk, uh, partners of Bentley and partners of Briskis as well. So mm -hmm. we even re recently, you know, finalized this process uh, mm -hmm. with Briskis. So, uh, and we, we are planning to do, uh, you know, a tool for BricsCAD Beam. Uh, we are planning, so we're waiting for, the, you know, uh, some, some ideas uh, on that. So regarding what people criticize or not Autodesk, I even, I think I made a, a, a short statement on, on that. And um, yeah, and I understand the other side, but uh, I'm also working with, uh, <laughs> with both sides. So yeah. it's a very tricky question. I, um, and at the end, you know, I don't see, you know, if people are not happy, they don't pay. It's so simple yeah. like this. That's, that's, that, that's the rule. And you're not happy what you pay, don't pay it. Don't use it anyway, just move on. You know, they, people tend to criticize a lot and uh, they, I understand as well now more than ever you know, that people don't understand as well the cost of development, uh, how mm -hmm. much is costly to develop tools and create tools, improve mm -hmm. tools. And that's not, that's the big problem, but, um, I really don't have much to say about that. You know, uh, I don't even, you know, make a side. I understand, like I said, the frustration uh, somehow, but like I said, you know, you're not happy, you know, just use something else. And I do know that Autodesk is, is looking to something bigger and like any other, you know, um, software uh, house uh, in the industry. So they're all investing. And this takes time to develop tools. I know that I got experience with a point cloud automation and I'm a, and I'm a very, very small player in the industry. So um, yeah, it comes with a lot of challenges. It comes with a lot of money and to maintain a, a company like Autodesk is quite, is quite critical. So yeah, like going another point, you asked me as well about, yes, we have plans, you know, to do other tools. We do custom yeah. tools, not only for Revit, in fact, and um, unfortunately, we are famous. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't know. We are famous for the Revit plugins or add-ins, mm. uh, but we do much, much more than just you know Revit. And we do custom solutions that doesn't touch any kind of software that we we, we normally hurt. We mm -hmm. do definitely yeah specialize in the industry, and we want to work with companies that they want to automate. Automate doesn't mean just working Revit. Is we can do 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 even their own, you know, tool uh, in many, many ways. So uh, uh, that's what we can do. We can full develop a, a tool from scratch, you know, web web application or uh, a platform application, a cloud base, whatever, whatever is required, we can do. So we don't have that just association and I, I don't want to have that association. In fact, just to Autodesk, uh, the market is too big. We are here to to help people to to do the system integration, and I think the future is about system integration more than just interoperability. is about system integration, and that's the key. And that's what uh, out, out, uh, the root the roots does. So that's why we are partner of more uh, of more than just Autodesk. Nice. And uh, talking about web based, do you see a, a shift towards more of web based applications? Uh, uh, where you know you can design and render, or even uh, coordinate a BIM model on the uh, on a certain website like BIM Sync or BIM Collab or certain other websites as well. I definitely see web-based power uh, solutions because they can be you know powered by the cloud, and there is a lot of advantages in using using that. As we know, not all the products can be in the cloud because they are always you know client requirements or that they don't allow you know business to take. That process to the cloud, and uh, I, yeah, I see the evolution is going to be web-based. Uh, you don't need a lot of installations of ten gigs. <laughs> it's going to be play and run almost. I've I've lit we we come into to that uh, that stage. Uh, Manish, uh, we are moving forward, but the full full web-based is I think it will take more than five years at least, right. much more than five years. Because they are, you know, uh, kind of uh, security concerns yeah. or privacy concerns uh, in terms of solutions. Even as you know, our solution, that the one we are moving now and we are now in the research phase, the idea is to start with a desktop application, uh, to, you know, as an example. But of course, we want to move to web-based application as well. So have the facility to have both. Nice. Uh, I think is important. No, it's important because not everyone will just want to web-based. Yeah. So they need to have the two solutions because clients at the end, they, 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 they make the decision. 
So, and they tell us if you want or not in the club. Of course, you know, I think with this COVID situation, a lot of things accelerate and uh, a lot of things, they, they must be in the club because it's the only way we, we, we can have people collaborating together and working in these circumstances, correct? Because not everyone can go to the office nowadays. Even now we are in a second yeah. lockdown in the yeah, UK. Yeah. And they they asking you know uh, people that you know if you can't if you can't work if you can work from home work from home of course if you have to work to your working place you must do so but but I think it's it's coming it's it's coming definitely but it will take more than five years but I believe definitely in the future is going to be mainly you know web based applications which the benefit is going to be huge because they can work like a hybrid solution they will use your you know your uh, your power, the power of your of your machine, your laptop um, or yeah. workstation, and uh, and then they will use you know the powers of the, of the cloud. Absolutely, um, brilliant. So uh, tell us about uh, you know how talking about lockdown. Uh, I'm sure you transitioned pretty easily uh, working remotely. Uh, so could you tell us about the uh, uh, the systems which we have play, placed so that you can work remotely more efficiently, like the tools which you use. And uh, tell us also about, you know, a lot of architects now are transitioning into the software space, uh, developing tools for their own use and for maybe a plugin. So uh, how difficult was the transition to a software-based company? Uh, going, going to the first part of your question, and uh, it, for us, it was the, not a big deal, uh, yeah. uh, the COVID situation. Um, the team, the Roots team, is, is a global team. We are a small international team. Uh, everyone works, you know, from home at the Roots, which is excellent for us. Uh, also help us to keep our overheads uh, low. Of course, we have plans for expansion, and uh, we will we will make that happen next year. And we will have a, 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 an office as well. I'm expanding to, to I'm planning to expand international as well a little bit. Um, regarding the second question, can you repeat, Manish, because I couldn't associate this to the first. Yeah, my second question is about a uh, lot of architects now learning uh, software, software tools, uh, and we are all, always used to that a uh, traditional model of uh, working. Uh, where there's no good systems in place. But with software and developing software, you need good systems in place. So I wanted to know what tools you use, like, for example, Slack or maybe uh, a Scrum board or uh, Trello. So what is your process uh, in and how how did you transition? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of technology we use, we definitely we use Jira. Uh, this is one of right. the solutions we, we, we use. We got uh, we got a repository uh, which is GitLab and uh, is, we own these repositories on our server. We don't have that, you know, exposed. Um, and that's the main tools we use. You know, of course, then we go to Visual Studio and other small tools uh, for other 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 tasks like advanced installer. Now we we push a license for to create installers because we're using the the free way. <laughs> yeah. So we are investing a little bit in our in our uh, tools. We have other tools which I don't want to I don't want to to mention as well, but we have after more tools you know in the process. Uh, but as you know, you know, being in you know, a company that provides uh, provides a lot of uh, free content for mm -hmm. the industry, you know, we 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 have slowly purchased these because it's quite expensive, you know, to purchase some licensings and uh, for us, you know, because we don't have you know direct earnings from what we create. Um, is becomes a bit complex as well, but we are we are step by step with the support we are getting that. All right, great. Uh, and how you've implemented? I mean, AI and machine learning is buzzwords, but I'm sure you're going to be implementing it in a big way in the long run. So, uh, what are your plans of getting AI and ML into D roots? We, as you know, and uh, if you go back to the to the uh, the point cloud automation, we definitely touch a lot of AI and. Uh, well, and I will explain one of the reasons why we dropped the project or we suspend the project is was because it was becoming very costly for us. And uh, because our, you know, the problem with our AI is there are a lot of challenges with AI. And like you said, it's a buzzword. And, uh, but I don't, I prefer not to talk. We made, we, we wrote two articles on these and, uh, you know, not long time ago, but these are very controversial topic because 
lot of people are claiming they're using something and not, in fact, they're not using anything. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, yeah, you know, the problem with the machine learning is, 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 is better, but when you go to deep learning, it becomes very, very costly. But more than that, it's understanding, you know, what you're touching. And uh, for if you really want to become good in AI, it's just not about, you know, taking some of these, you know, uh, frameworks or libraries outside there, your codes, you know, all great is already developed by someone. It's understanding how we can improve it. Because many, many times we don't create anything in AI, we use something available, but it's about understanding what these these algorithm reading and making, you know, you know, uh, the training, you know, when you have to use neural networks or other things. But like I said, you know, we have done and we use, and it was a great experience. We have some plans. Even uh, last week, we discussed something new. We were looking to develop some kind of proof of concept, you know, uh, uh, using deep learning again, but uh, a deep learning, achievable deep learning. I think this one is going to be a great example how we can use deep learning in our in our industry. And, yes. but uh, I would want, it's not, it's like I said, it's a fresh, it's a fresh idea. And I don't want to open it yet, uh, but definitely going to start to, to look into that. And I think we can probably develop a proof of concept in a few weeks. In a few weeks, when I say a few weeks, uh, you know, at least three, four, at least three or four weeks, uh, or at least something in house. Uh, yeah, because that one, they might not require a lot of training, <laughs> mm -hmm. training of data sets. So, yeah, so we'll see. But definitely, there's a lot of people using, and I believe they are also good use of the AI. And um, but sometimes it's finding the problems where we can use AI, and that's what it's not about just using AI. You know, a AI is that to predict and to to some kind as well optimize as well. We can use AI to mainly to predict and optimize, and it's finding the problem that we're going to get the answer. So you know, it's finding structure of the problem, and then we can get the answer. I will say, All right. if and it's possible to applicable. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Manish. Yeah, yeah, no. So, uh, uh, what, where do you see the future of uh, BIM? Uh, do you see uh, the whole of Earth be a, being a digital twin, like an Earth twin of everything, all the buildings and all the structures, and uh, everything is smart, everything is uh, coordinated. Uh, the virtual and reality is blurred. So, things along those lines. So, do you, you feel a utopian future like that may happen within our lifetimes? I do. I do think that you know the world is changing, and uh, and I, I'm loving in that uh, journey. In fact, we came. We came. We all oh, the roots emerged from that uh, probably need or or having that vision. Um, you know, the roots means disruptive roots, and I love disruptive technologies. So they all associated. Um, we can disrupt in many, many ways. As people don't understand, it's just not about innovation technologies. There's many ways we can disrupt. And one of the things I, I always I also like in the in this in the fourth uh, industrial revolution, this is technically yeah. already starting, is is going to change the world. Is going to disrupt the world in many many ways, not just from a Absolutely. technological point of view, socially, economically, yeah. political. A lot of things will change. We might probably not see all of, all of that change, but mm -hmm. what we see, what I believe, we are building a better world. Yeah. Anyway, in the future. So all that is going to place, placing and, you know, and um, the place, we have to adapt these, you know, we have to adapt our jobs, we have to adapt, you know, a lot of things. Are we going to uh, embrace this technology, emerging technology that is coming up? And even if you look what the experts, you know, I'm not an expert, they like, really the experts are saying, we can't forecast what is coming uh, uh, next. Mm -hmm. Um, is you know with the pace that we are evolving technologies is amazing, never seen before, and uh, we don't know what is coming, what is going to be the next few thing, you know, in the next ten years. We can't predict anymore, and that's what, like I said, the experts say. No, me saying I don't know nothing. Anyway, yeah. I just have a vision. I I wanted to improve, you know, uh, you know, help people and improve life as well. And I think we can play uh, play a role here. Um, but I got a bit lost. I have to admit, managing the question. So if you can drag me back, yeah, yeah it's more about the future of BIM and uh, how it plays a role yeah. in the in the art. Exactly, because you, okay, got you now. And you talk about digital twin now. And um, in terms of that, uh, the future of BIM, uh, I don't believe the word BIM. Uh, the end, yeah. you know, is about technology and uh, mainly as well about process. And one of the things I learned, you know, when I took my masters in BIM and integrated design. 
is uh, you know beam is all about uh, communication and collaboration there's something that we never done very well in the industry mm. and we know the you know the reasons and there's no point to discuss about that so we're here to to help you know beam is there to help the process you know to find a process and uh, and that's what beam is about the process is a concept not not technology itself yeah. you know, technology have a, a big a big um, a big place as well because they can help these you know communication because with tools we can communicate much better you know exchanging video models or the way we communicate it can improve so visualization is important and um, regarding digital twin you know I, I i really get confused about that and now iot as well because iot yeah. digital twin and beam and there is a lot of definitely uh, Again, another buzzword in digital twin, mm -hmm. and um, which I, I I believe that already exists in this beam world we we are uh, yeah. talking about. It's all about data. It's all about data. At the end, which in fact as well, if you go, if you want to be honest, you know, data is not a key concern at the moment in our industry. It's all about the modeling part. It's about the living project. So we have to make a big, you know, a step forward to to try to use the data in the right way. And when I think we're starting to use the, the the data, you know, the right way, we probably will be able to to take more advantage of that data. And then digital twins or IoT, whatever you want to associate with these big data, they have, you know, they can probably work much better. At the moment, I think we we are a bit behind in terms of what we need, you know, for the next step. And uh, you know, if you want to call digital twins or if you want to call beam level, I don't know, whatever, because people also, also like, yeah. they like to create dimensions. So, so yeah, it's just the way it depends how we're going to evolve. But definitely one of the things I know, it's all about the process. If you have a process defined, it's make, everything makes like uh, easier. Even like when you're coding, if you have no rules, you can't code. You know, it's about coding. Coding needs a process, needs a structure to be, you know, to be developed and, and to be efficient. So absolutely and we lack that we we lack a lot in fact anyway still great um what's your take on the startup scene in the ac industry there's been startups in so many other industries apart from us and if you see the innovative innovation graph as well the ac industry has been flat for two three decades but now it's starting to take off on top so um how do you feel there's going to be a lot more startups entering the ac industry just like yours and uh, the competition increasing of course there will be you know this is the nature of human and uh, creating innovating and uh, also starting their own business so how i and i'm seeing a lot more people uh, trying to start their own journey in a different ways you know working part-time for one job and doing this on a part-time there's a lot of companies emerging definitely if they're going to be more I have no doubts there will be much more. If they're all going to survive, that's that's what Taris tells. Not everyone survives. And um, yeah, but definitely it was going to be good to have competition. But yeah, I I, I will have a different view on that. But I'm not going to pronounce my view uh, <laughs> on that. The, no, 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 I don't because it's all about the money side again. And uh, it's about investors and capitalists coming again and controlling the dominating the startups market. That's what we see nowadays. And um, and that's a topic which definitely, you know, I see many companies evolving on this, you know, funding, uh, which is fine. Anyway, that, that, that's a journey. But um, yeah, at the end, yeah, we are getting startups. But at the end, I don't know if that startup, some of them will survive <laughs> because of the financial, you know, risk or the financial investment that they've received. And it's tricky because even in the industry, we're talking, if you look into the AAC industry, our profit margins are very low compared to other industries. Yeah. So people really struggle to invest, you know, in technology. So when you invest, they have to bring something which brings, benefit, which brings you know, return on investment. And that could be a very, very tricky uh, because what I do see is a lot of companies coming, you know, with new products and selling, selling, selling. And that's the key point, really. I, want to, I don't want to personally... Uh, open a lot but uh, yeah. and you know the industry becomes saturated of this and we see a lot of duplication and uh, the only thing we see is just uh, different numbers but they're all expensive and that's the problem we have in the industry sometimes it's adoption it doesn't happen because of the costs all right and do you feel like uh, i don't know i'm uh, very naive about this but do you feel like the tech unicorns like uh, apple or tesla or Amazon, if uh, they would get into the space, the AC space in some way, 
uh, you feel a huge disruption in our industry where things get automated. We get automated designs. Uh, most of it is at uh, the push of a button. Do you feel that kind of a future coming? I do believe that 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 is is the future, and uh, uh, maybe far away. Not not in the next five five years, but maybe in ten, maybe in fifteen. And not saying all of it, but you know, if you looking, if you divide these by project stage or project phase, you know, probably we can probably you know create a you know a scoped project, you know, a concept design project, in with with one step or almost one step. When I say one step, it's just not clicking. You have to put you know inputs to generate some outputs. I see that. Uh, I'm not sure if you know the big players they will try to come to the AEC industry. For the reasons we, you know, uh, that we know, even the reasons we just talked, you know, about yeah. you know, profit margins are quite low in our yeah. industry. And even if you look extractly, you know, we Google tried and it, it went out as well. Google came and uh, with SketchUp and said, no, 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 this is not our place. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm, see, I don't know, Manish, but it's all about looking to numbers. I think looking to figures. And um, I see people coming definitely where they see the money because at the end, these companies only come if they see the opportunity to make money, correct? And uh, they're not looking for pin, you know, for, for peanuts, yeah? They're looking for something else, you yeah. see? So um, they could come. Um, if they will survive, uh, probably they have capital to, 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 to keep this moving and definitely invest a, a lot. But probably the question is why they haven't come before? Mm. And that's yeah. I, I, I can't answer, but maybe we know the answer. I don't know. Absolutely. All right. Uh, coming to a close, Jose, what is uh, your future going to be like in 10 years from now? Where do you see yourself uh, maybe 10 years from now? And where do you see D-Roots going? Ooh, I, I don't know. I have a lot of dreams. <laughs> uh, in 10 years' time, yeah, I think we, we will be definitely one of the companies to come when you come to, you know, creating your own solutions or to improve your workflows. Uh, uh, we are becoming, uh, and somehow in some aspects and with respect to the others, you know, uh, players in the industry, we're becoming a reference in, in the industry, which is good. Uh, of course, we want to become the number one in, in the industry reference on the custom side. That's, that's the target and uh, that's what we're aiming for. We will keep uh, creating tools, you know, free tools and also some affordable tools. That's that's another, you know, target. In ten years' time, you know, I think we will we will probably be, you know, uh, a good a good a good company and uh, we'll have a good name. I think we the name we already have the branding, you know, is playing well for us. You know, people really like what we do. They love, you know, our work. They they love our vision, our the way we do things, and which is important for us. Uh, but then we'll see. Definitely, we will grow uh, in terms of of numbers, in many numbers, in you know, a number of, of employees, you know, revenue. Of course, that will grow. But yeah, I want, like I said, I want to become the number one, and that's that's what we're going to become. No doubt. All right, brilliant, awesome. So uh, thanks a lot, Jose. I guess uh, we can now. But there's something which I didn't ask before. Can I ask it now? Of course, you can. <laughs> uh, yeah, but why uh, did you? decide to leave a company and start something called D-Roots. What is the reason behind starting uh, D-Roots? You know, I, I haven't left. You know, I was made redundant when I, before I started D-Roots. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was working for WSP and uh, they, they, I think I, I made an announcement, you know, uh, a week ago, uh, almost a week ago, um, telling, you know, that, you know, that's the one D-Roots uh, emerged. Right. So I got I got made redundant. They they passed, you know they you know they redundant, they made my position redundant. So uh, and I have to move on. And I look for uh, alternatives in the market. But in fact, Manish, I couldn't see any anything, you know, that really I wanted to be part of. And uh, he looks like my one more job. And I came to a point in my life as well that I said to say, why not? I can get my own thing. I was already inspired by these, you know. Uh, disruptive technologies that were emerging in the industry and uh, said yeah you know others can do why not i cannot do as well and i tried you know i try here and uh, after three years i'm still here stronger than ever growing year, year, year by year and the team is growing and i start this journey alone even i tried you know when i start uh, the journey of the roots 
I I tried to contact a few people if I want to join, you know. Uh, yeah, and some people said yes, but of course they couldn't commit full time. So, but yeah, we start this journey alone. Uh, the route is yet to disrupt. So the route means D for disruptive routes. Routes. So we had to disrupt the routes. We had to make things in a different way, and right. that's what people start also to capture about us. We here to to do things in a different way. I don't, there is no one in the industry doing, you know, free tools like we do yeah. with the quality we do. And that's something I'm, we are very proud, not just me, the team, the team. And, and more than that, we are passionate about, about what we do. And it's something definitely, you know, fascinating for me to see this, you know, support I have on my back. You know, my team is supporting me. And yeah, and that's what probably is going to make our journey very successful at the end anyway. And maybe we'll see. <laughs> we never know. <laughs> and as a founder, how challenging is it uh, to run a firm on a scale from 1 to 10? I think it sounds a, a dumb question, but still. <laughs> <sighs> It's hard, of course, you know, <laughs> one of the, the other day I was reading um, someone talking about, you know, set up in your own business, whatever startup or not anyway. And uh, when you start your own business, your life becomes a bit different anyway. Yeah. It's never going to be back the same. And that article that is in the subject, which I find interesting, is, you know, if you become your own, you have your own business, special startup, you are very competitive and you are, you know, competing with the, bigger players or with more, more, you know, more capital, let's say, hmm. is very, very hard. But one thing is a fact, you know, when you start your, your business, your own business is, you know, the holiday, forget holidays, there's no more holidays as it used <laughs> to be. You know, even I, I, I don't know why, but uh, I have to admit, I wake up every day thinking about work. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't happen before or it used to happen a few less times now it's kind of often but it's a definitely it's a, it's a hard journey and um, people they are looking to create their own journey and um, start their own business they have to be ready he's a he's a he's a big life change and um yeah nothing's going to be back as it used to be and um there's a lot of things to learn. Even people need to be ready to, to adapt, readapt, adapt, be flexible is important to survive. You know, the world is, is very competitive, is very open as we know. So today we, we, we're working with people, clients from all around the world. So every company can do the same as we do. So it's very, very competitive. And um, yeah, we have, if we are not survive, we have really to become very, very good and known for the quality of your service, quality of your of your work. If you become that, you know, it will pay off at the end anyway. And, uh, you know, business comes to you. And that's a good yeah. thing. People are coming to us now. That is, we're not uh, trying to find clients anymore. People come to us. So, but it's not an easy journey. And um, every time you I speak, had, uh, because... burnouts? Burnouts? What do you mean? Yeah. So in terms of burnouts? As in uh, getting stressed out, but with a lot of work and just burning out and uh, not doing any work after that. Uh, I don't know. You know, burnouts this happens over. I think every time, they are you know situations in life that you you got stressed definitely, and um, it affects you. But it's like, you know, we're all human, correct? I know yeah. some are different. I'm Latin, remember, at the end I'm Portuguese. Okay. And we, 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 you know, we have this big passion. We Latins are known for the passion and uh, we really live things. But uh, that's a good thing and it could be bad. But yeah, but that is, is common, man. It's, you know, burnouts and strife situations. They always come. But of course, we have to take it the easiest way. But it's always easier to talk than to do it. <laughs> Well, it's just to say than to do it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot, USA. Let's quickly jump to the quick fire round. Uh, I'll ask you a bunch of brief questions and you could give me uh, brief answers. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, who's, uh, I'm sure you had like a lot of mentors in your life. Who's inspired you the most or uh, who have been your mentors? Mm, tricky question. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I, I normally admire people that work very, very hard. And um, 
and because you know you know success comes with the hard work and doesn't come it doesn't it doesn't fall from the skies so in terms of mentor i don't have any mentor i must admit i would love to have one uh, manish i've been inspired uh, by a few people but i don't have a like a, i have to tell you i don't have someone that really inspired me a lot is I, I kind of build my own journey. So I don't have a straight answer for you. <laughs> when I mean I don't have a name or a few names. But in terms of work commitment, if you ask me, I probably admire Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of work commitment is, is one <laughs> yes. of the it is, you know, people criticize him for a lot of reasons. But you know, Ronaldo, he came to the world, he he was he has talent, but he worked very, very hard to be where he is now. So so he's just I think he's he's a he's a big uh, is a big, um, you know, recognition of uh, that Ronaldo became what he is today, or what became, you know, he was, I don't know, many times the best player of the world, football player yeah. in the world, because he worked hard for that. So it's about working, dedication and many other things. So, Yeah, I'm a big Messi fan, but... Uh... Yeah, see, yeah, right, like that as well. Yeah, Messi came with a talent. You see, it's different, you know. He can. Yeah. <laughs> Ronaldo is more about, you know, uh, hard work. You know, it's for a lot of hard work. All right. Uh, what does a daily routine in your life look like uh, as a founder, as a uh, LinkedIn? Mm. Uh, Twenty-five thousand. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I definitely, you know, I start my day, you know, at six, more or less, a.m. and um, yeah do a you know, breakfast, shower, everything. And uh, then I more or less, I'm around 6.30, I'm in my desk already, which is this one, and uh, I start work. And uh, then, but of course, you know, we got emails, <laughs> calls, you know, meetings, discussions. And like any business anyway, it's quite, it's quite nice. And my day normally ends, you know, between around 10 again, uh, so oh, 10 wow. evening. So yeah, sometimes even a bit late of course i have a few breaks you know lunch break well lunch break is not really got a good one no many many times a five ten minutes break and uh, but i do have like an evening any in the dinner break for half an hour or you know more or less maybe less sometimes oh. yeah but that's that's the kind of journey you know it's a lot of hours anyway <laughs> it's a lot of work <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah i used to do even work seven days a week now i give up you know it's Whoa. just you know i i work six days a week uh, I take the Saturday off, uh, I dedicate it to my family, and uh, on Sunday I work a little bit, uh, I definitely work, prepare a few things ahead, you know, for the, for the week, accounting, because, you know, you know, when we are startup, you have to do, you have to be flexible, remember I said, you have to be flexible and to do a lot of things anyway, so. So you don't travel much, is it? I used to travel before the COVID, and I'm glad I, you know, COVID, well, <laughs> you know, COVID helped <laughs> to me to help a lot yeah, yeah. in many, many ways. It helped because, you know, our popularity, popularity grew had grown a lot. Exponentially. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, you know, they come with other good things. Like I used to travel every, you know, like four days a week. Even I used to fly every week uh, in the past to visit one of our clients. Oh, wow. With the COVID situation now is just uh, more nice, I will mm -hmm. say. More productive as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you end up spending more time in this desk. Yeah. You definitely for sure. You're spending much more time in this desk. All right. And how do you stay fit uh, if you're working all the time? <laughs> fit? <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. A new question, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you recommend any books that uh, you would uh, read, or I mean, you read, or uh, some books which has inspired you? There is one book which really inspired me a lot, and uh, and I even I heard because I, I had a, a, the audio book. Um, is the Article. I'm just checking the name. Let me see. Is I'm not good with names. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll forget names. Is the the fourth industrial revolution from the 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 chairman of the World Economic Forum, which right. is I can't remember his name. His German name is Schoff something. That is, but it definitely is a great book. It's a book that really you know opened my mind. Oh, or, or made my mind probably to to create a new world. The, the world is coming, and is a great inspiration. I is one of my favorite books 
that I read or hear uh, in the last few years. Definitely, I love it. And I watched, I, I heard, like I said twice, because I really oh, wanted wow. to rethink again, create these you know, ideas in my mind. And it's a big inspiration for me, definitely, because this journey you know, of disrupting, it needs to have some, needs to have some base, and that book is a great base. Yeah, I think I'm going to read that book next, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a short book. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure. You know, if you, I, I mean, if you got all people, I don't want to make any advertising to Amazon, but <laughs> he's uh, he's there, so uh, you know, he's quite nice as well. Definitely, easy right. book. I think it's a few hours of listening only. Great, awesome. And uh, my last question to you is: I generally ask to like all the architects, what advice would you give to architects, young architects who are graduating from school, but What's your advice would you give to someone who wants to get into the BIM space, wants to get in the AEC industry? Mm, uh, hmm, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, nowadays, honestly, you know, moving moving forward in and into the AEC, um, even if you are architect, engineer, whatever you, you're going to become or, or you're studying for, is coding. Coding skills, my friends, you know, that's, 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 that's what you need to focus, you know, uh, coding language is, is going to become the second language. It's not normal, probably English or other language is coding, you know, coding is the future. And if you know how to code, definitely, you know, you have a, a better, you know, a better, uh, a safer position because yeah. the market will have a lot of turmoils and uh, in the future, we'll see more of that. And having coding skills is a must, I would say for any new, so, you know, individual that comes to the AEC industry, I mean, even other industries, you know, having right. these skills is a must. Understanding how works codes, you know, how you can code is, is a must, you know, focus on that. And if you know that, believe me, you will never have problems to find new jobs whenever that, can, that time comes. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Jose, that was some great advice. And uh, we had a fantastic session, a uh, lot of takeaways and a lot of value that uh, you brought to the table. So thank you for coming to the Akian podcast. And I look forward to having you in the future as well, where uh, we can talk more about BIM, your life and more. Okay. Thank you very much for my list, for the invite. It was a great pleasure and I wish you well. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Great.